Are you tired of spending your time and money chasing strategy after strategy only to discover what worked 10, 5, or even 2 years ago is not working now? Things shift fast in the online space, and if you're not keeping up, you're getting left behind. It's time for something different. Welcome to the Marketing, Media, and Money Podcast, where every single episode will be jam-packed with proven, profitable strategies, behind-the-scenes secrets, and what's working now resources. From industry experts and global influencers to help you scale your business, shorten your learning curve, and stand out in a crowded, noisy marketplace. And now, your host, award-winning marketing and media strategist and international speaker, Patty Farmer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Marketing Media Money Podcast. I'm your host, Patty Farmer, and I am looking forward to sharing today's industry expert with you. And today, if you're listening, it's your lucky day. Not only is it your lucky day, but it is probably the most profitable day you've had in a while just by listening to this podcast. So make sure you take your pen and paper out because today we're going to be talking about using LinkedIn to build your brand your network, and your business. And I know you're thinking to yourself, oh yeah, I've heard a million podcasts that were about LinkedIn, but you haven't heard a podcast with the person that we are going to talk to today and about how deep we're going to go because I've been waiting a while for this podcast and it is going to be worth every minute of your time. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. So Vivica Von Rosen is co-founder and chief visibility officer of Vengresso, the largest provider of full-spectrum modern digital sales transformation solutions. She's known as the LinkedIn expert. She's author of the best-selling books, LinkedIn Marketing, An Hour a Day, and LinkedIn, 100 Ways to Rock Your Personal Brand. She's been named in Forbes four years running as a top social media expert and is a regular contributor and has been featured in Forbes, BuzzFeed, Inc., CNN, Entrepreneur, Selling Power, and the Social Media Examiner. Her business mission is to help sales professionals and business owners create more quality and qualified conversions on LinkedIn. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much. I'm excited. I'm excited too. So let's just dive right in. So I know we're going to be talking about using LinkedIn to build your brand, your network, and your business. And everybody always likes to think about how do I use LinkedIn for lead generation, sales? That's always what they think, right? But I think everything really should start with your brand, right? Not your branding, but your brand. And they're not the same thing. So let's just start there. How would you define your personal brand? You know, and this this isn't original, but your personal brand used to be defined as, you know, what people said about you when you left the room. Now it's kind of defined as what people think about you when they see your online presence, when they see you on LinkedIn, and then, you know, once you leave the room. So it really is how you're presenting yourself across all the socials. And that's where we have to be careful because we might be one person on LinkedIn, another person on Facebook, another person on Twitter you know, another person on our website. And when those brands 
clash when they're not aligned, it really leaves people feeling like discontent. It really hurts your credibility. And so for me, it's really what people think about you when they see you across all of the social channels and all of your online instances. I agree with you. I always feel like when people are consistent and relevant, specifically in their brand, that's what helps you go from told to sold. Like really. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you know, the thing is, if you're on Facebook and you're, you know, say more politically inclined or religiously inclined on Facebook, that's fine. But then you want to make sure that your audience is clear of your, you know, your business connections. I love LinkedIn because I'm not going to go off on weird tangents on on LinkedIn. I'm going to be very, very aligned with the brand that we've created with Bengresso, the brand that I've created, you know, over the past 16 years and the brand that we hope to promote moving forward. Absolutely. And that's how people really do know who you are. And that's how when we know that we're excited that you're here, we know because you have across all social media channels across anything that you could Google, that you absolutely walk the walk and not just talk the talk. So I think that that is really important. You've done a great job and that's why you're a great guest and I'm excited. So let's go back a little bit. I always like to say, let's go back a little bit because nobody wakes up one day and says, you know what? I think I'm going to be the LinkedIn expert, (laughs) right? That's what I think I want to do. You know, it's always a little bit of a yeah. journey. Sometimes it's even an adventure, right? Oh, yes, but, it was indeed. <laughs> so, tell, <laughs> so tell us a little bit of your story of like, how did you get to where you are? And, you know, what are some of the pivotal steps along the way? Yeah, well, I was introduced to LinkedIn back in 2005, I want to say. And I was running a, a co-share space, what used to be called executive offices, now called co-share space. And what I realized is I'm not such a great manager of people. But I was loved the whole networking business development part of it. And so I always brought people in to talk about what was the latest and greatest for our members and our membership. And I brought in a woman, our, my friend, uh, Lori Maycomber, who talked about Web 2.0. So that just shows you how long ago it was that we were still saying like 2.0 after Web. Like now it's like 59.0. But back then, the idea that the web was interactive, that you could have an interactive website was like a big deal back in 2005. So at the very end of her presentation, she mentioned this thing called LinkedIn. And because we had a virtual aspect to our company, I thought, wow, 7 million users. Like I could get so much business using LinkedIn. That also shows you how long ago it was. And so I started just learning what I could about LinkedIn. There was one book at the time, my friend Jason Alba wrote the book, I'm on LinkedIn, now what? And that was kind of it. And so I just started talking to local chambers and pretty much anywhere I could about this cool thing called LinkedIn. And one of the associations that I was a member of with our virtual officing said, hey, do you want to come speak about LinkedIn and social media at our annual event? I'm like, ooh, first speaking gig, which was in New York City in the Waldorf Astoria Ballroom. And there was like a hundred billionaires in the room. I mean, it was like million and billionaires. I don't know that I've ever hit that net worth since, but that was, that was kind of my first speaking gig. And I just, I loved, I loved LinkedIn. I loved speaking about LinkedIn, but this is really pre-Facebook, pre-Twitter. And to me, LinkedIn was a great business tool, right? It was a Rolodex on steroids. 
There were no visual elements to LinkedIn at the time, which was good because I was a very text-based kind of girl. And, you know, there just, there wasn't a lot to LinkedIn at the time as we look back on it now, but here was a way to see who we were connected to, to see who they were connected to. You know, that whole idea of three degrees of separation was absolutely you know, powerful back then. Now it's just kind of like, yeah, of course, duh. But back then it was something new. So, you know, that combined with being able to quit my day job, hallelujah, uh, combined with getting a request from Wiley to write a book for them, it all just kind of spilled forward into uh, my company, which was called LinkedIn to Business for about 12 years. And then, as you mentioned, Vengresso, which we just formed four years ago. Wow. You know, I didn't know that beginning part for you. And I just think it's kind of interesting that, you know, I didn't really want to be a speaker. Like that was never anything I wanted to do. And 10 and a half years ago, when I had a friend say, Patty, you know, I really need you to help me out, you know, just come talk about networking, you know, you like, you know, you're this master connector, just talk about networking. And I did. And I remember like being sick to my stomach and the whole thing. And I went home that day and said, you know what? this is like powerful that you could reach this many people. And I decided that I was going to be like the best speaker I could. And the funniest thing is I put it out there. I told a couple of my friends and two days later, I got a call from another friend who said, Patty, we had somebody who was going to speak and they had this appendicitis come up, (laughs) you know, would you be willing to get on a plane and come speak about lead generation for LinkedIn? Yeah. She says, I know you love it. And I was like, and my husband was in the background and he said, you said you were going to say yes. So I said, (laughs) yes. And I said, well, where and when? She said, tonight. I said, tonight. What? (laughs) And I was like, what? And I'd only spoke one time for like 40 minutes, right? And she said, tonight, I need you to get on a plane. I said, to where? She said, to London. We'll pay you $10,000. Holy crap. Yeah, I'll be there. (laughs) So I said, yes, I got on the plane. And just sat on the plane and while it was a long flight and thought about, well, what are all the reasons why I love LinkedIn and how have I used it to monetize? And when I got there, there were 156 people in that room, 156 people. And out of 156 people, they allowed me to sell this small package. 110 people out of the 156 purchased it. And I got booked for three other bookings all in... England, different parts of England. So my second speaking engagement that I ever spoke literally (laughs) made me become a six-figure speaker and an international six-figure speaker talking about LinkedIn. I want to say, I think that time I talked about it was probably the only time I've ever spoke about LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. But that's it. You just have to see the opportunity and seize it. And I kind of laughed because you said you don't become a LinkedIn expert overnight. But really, I did because I can tell you exactly. It was 2009. I was sitting in a Twitter class with Joel Com. Joel Com was teaching it. And I was learning about Twitter. And so the first thing you do is get your handle. And I tried my name, Vivica. It wasn't available, thank God. And I tried and I was sitting next to another LinkedIn expert. And I tried LinkedIn expert and it was available. And so I got LinkedIn expert on Twitter. And then shortly after that, there was this app that would go through on all the socials and see if, you know, and most of them aren't available anymore. 
But, you know, that's how I got LinkedIn expert on YouTube. That's how I got LinkedIn expert on Facebook. That's how I got LinkedIn expert on, you know, and so I got LinkedIn expert as a handle on all the socials. And thank goodness I was paying attention to LinkedIn that day when they allowed you to customize your URL there too. So, you know, that's how I became the LinkedIn expert. I got the handle and then I had to prove it was true for the next, you know, 15, 16 years. That's totally okay. You know, last week on my podcast, I had a, an SEO expert who did social yeah. and she said something that I didn't know. She said that if somebody already has your name, which is what happened to me. Yeah. I mean, I'm the main Patty Farmer, but yeah, yeah. The person who fights me for Google Mm -hmm. is a Patty Farmer who's passed away now that was one of you Hefner's playgirls. Oh, my. At a hotel in New York. (laughs) And every time somebody brings it up, she makes number one and I'm number two. It's kind of Ah. just sort of funny. But with that said, she said that they can't read the word the and that if you just put the in your name. In all of your handles, if somebody oh. already has it, rather than putting yeah. something after it. And like, I didn't know that. And I was like, really? And she said, yes, because when Google reads it and all that stuff, they like, they don't see that as really as being yeah, a, as word. a word. So they right. really pick it up as your name. And I was like, wow. Because for me, I went when somebody had my name and I'm Patty Farmer CEO. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. I could have been the, the, I am the Patty, Patty Farmer. Farmer but yeah. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. Well, and you see that once in a while. And it's funny because for Vengresso, we managed to get our handle because it's a made up word. So we managed to get our handle on everything but Facebook. And so for us, it's go Vengresso, but we maybe we should have done the Vengresso. Kind of crazy. <laughs> so I know it's like so funny, the things that you actually like find out, right? So yeah. one of the things I want to talk about before we really dive deep is I always like to know what not to do as much as I like to know what to do. Yeah. Right. Sometimes even more. Right. Yeah. So one of the things I love to do on this show is to allow our guests to, I want to say debunk a myth. (laughs) Like what is the (laughs) biggest LinkedIn myth that you're here all the time that you're like, you know what, Patty, let's just debunk that myth right now. Okay. And I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to debunk the myth of the title, the name field. And a lot of people will tell you that if you put your keywords in the name field of LinkedIn, it'll help you be found. What will help you be found is what we've just been talking about is your social URL. So, you know, like you've got linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Patty Farmer, or if you needed to, the Patty Farmer. But a lot of people will put, uh, you know, keywords, names, titles, et cetera, after their name like maybe someone I'm talking to right now. And the problem with that is it doesn't actually help you get found that much more. It goes against LinkedIn's end user agreement. Um, You're supposed to have your name and your name only. Now, if you've got, you know, some kind of designation, you know, CIP or whatever, you can certainly have that in there too, if you feel you need to. And it also makes it harder to find your name because now they're looking at your last name being expert instead of farmer. And so you know, and I did the same thing I did because someone told me to do it early days. And I did Vivica Von Rosen dash LinkedIn expert. My last name was LinkedIn expert. And then someone saw that and turned me into LinkedIn. And that was one of the many, many times that my account has been restricted. So you have so much opportunity in your headline area to tell people who you are, you know, what you do, who you help. 
that you don't actually need to put those uh, keywords like LinkedIn expert in your name field. So anyone who's got that in the name field, go ahead and take that out. We don't want LinkedIn to restrict your account and you're still going to be just as findable. So that's one big myth that folks still share, but it's not very helpful to your LinkedIn profile. That is definitely one thing that I would recommend with your profile. The other thing is third person. You know, you have to have a professional third person bio in the about section. The about section is really more of a sales page and it's a sales page that should be focused on your buyer. You want to make sure that your profile is buyer centric. It's focused on your buyer. It's focused on their points of pain and how you can help to solve those points of pain. So no one cares that you've got 48 years in sales and that you're a, you know, quota crushing sales dude and member of president's club every year. Like who cares? How can you help me? What's in it for me with them, right? And so you want your profile from your headline to the about section, to the media that you share in the featured section, all to be focused on your buyer, your buyer's point of pain and how you can help your buyer. Back in the day, I think it was 2007 to maybe 2010, you could upload your resume. And so a lot of people still have a resume as a profile, but let's take it the next step, folks. It's 2021. <laughs> like, let's take it to building that personal brand and your personal brand should actually focus on how you help others. You know, I really love that because, so go ahead and out myself and say that <laughs> I am one of those people who had that in my last name field. But here's the part that I think is really interesting is I hired somebody yeah. who told me to do that. And I paid them a multiple of thousands of dollars for them to tell me that I should do that. Right. And this next question I'm going to ask, they also told me, but then I realized that they weren't a speaker. Mm-hmm. And so I knew right away that not to follow that one. So I'm just yeah. going to ask that one too, <laughs> which I love, <laughs> which is what is the role? And I know, like you're saying, you know, what things may have been and what they are now, right? It's 2021. Yeah. yeah it's so what would you say is the role of hashtags, you know, and emojis when we're talking about that? Because I remember yeah. the thing was, and what they told me to do was to hashtag everything so I could be found like hashtag speaker, hashtag yeah. this, hashtag that, because those were searchable and you should do it. Now I knew not to do that. So I didn't, but that was also the thing that they were saying to do. And so to me, it was like, no, that's kind of incorrect with spelling when they're searching, right? You know, because that's yeah, not how yeah. they're going to search. Yeah, they're so not going to do really, hashtag, exactly. You know, emojis and hashtags, where should they be? Where should they not be? Great question. First of all, know your audience. So I've got a couple hashtags in my headline field, but only because those are the hashtags that I'm actually known for like our Vengresso Live. So that's a like a known hashtag. I don't expect people to actually search on that. Your hashtags are great and super searchable in content. So when you're sharing an update, you know, when you've got an article, awesome. But in your headline, in your title fields, nah, you don't actually need hashtags. They do sometimes, depending on if you're looking at a profile from a mobile phone or from the desktop, they might bold the word and make it stand out a little bit more. But as for being more findable, no, the hashtag is not going to make you more findable. Similarly with the emojis, some people, you know, love emojis, their audience loves emojis. You know, maybe they've got like a big Instagram audience. They're used to using all the emojis all the time. 
Sure, go ahead and throw some emojis in there if you want to, no problem. Some people put emojis in the name field. I don't know if that goes against LinkedIn's end user agreement or not. I probably wouldn't do it, but again, know your audience. If your audience like digs that, or maybe that's truly like your handle or how you're known is by a little B beside your name, then go for it. But know your audience. Like we've got B2B sales leaders, our audience. I don't need cutesy, you know, unicorn poop emojis to draw attention. It would draw the wrong kind of attention. Now you will notice in my about section, I add some emojis in there, but they're like, quote, business, you know, business type emojis there. Again, the unicorn poop, maybe save that for Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever. So yeah, as for your headline, you've got 220 characters. You want to tell people who you are, but more importantly, you know, who you help and how you help them. Focus on your buyer. You're going to have 220 characters. So you've got plenty of opportunity to throw some keywords in there. And I would also recommend for some of you adding your web or your company name, if your company name is your website. So for us, vengresso.com, a lot of times people get in Google mode. And so when they search on LinkedIn, if they're searching for a company, they'll search for vengresso.com as opposed to just vengresso. And then that way, both our company page, but all our employee profiles will show up as well. Only do that if you want your employee profiles to show up. That's the other thing is if you got a lot of employees, not just sales, sales and marketing definitely should have optimized profiles, but honestly, everyone, uh, front end, back office, whatever, because we don't know how profiles are going to show up on LinkedIn. And so you want to make sure that your accountant's profile looks as good as your sales leader's profile. And if that's the case, make sure in that headline section that everybody has your company name dot com. So those are just a few little ninja tricks around visibility on LinkedIn. I think that makes a lot of sense though, because really for every social media channel or platform, you should have a voice for what you're doing. And if you're using LinkedIn, you are using LinkedIn for business or why bother? So, you know, if you want to be cutesy and have all of those things, there's a place for that. And that's where it really should be. So I kind of look at that. I think the only emojis I've seen that I really like is when people use it kind of to break up their summary and, you know, or they'll have one of a microphone or, or something like that. That's exactly kind of like they're using it as a bullet point and they just, yeah. you know, kind of do that. And sometimes that does kind of break it up, but yeah. I do think that it is really important to stay true to the platform that you are absolutely using. So I love that. So using hashtags and emojis, use them sparingly and where you want them to be. The other thing that I really realized is I saw this little like audio recording that you could put yes. in headline too. So let's talk about that. And really it's not very long, but how would you strategically use it? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a new name pronunciation feature that you can find. You can see it on anyone's profile. So if you go to my profile or Patty's profile, you'll see a little icon by our names, a little sound icon. So when you click on that, you can actually hear our introduction. And that's what I recommend. Now for me, I've got a weird name. Everyone always mispronounces it. And so I do use it for name pronunciation, which is the reason LinkedIn created. However, I don't think anyone's name is 10 seconds long. So you've got a really great opportunity to use like a mini elevator speech here. So mine is 
Hey, this is Vivica Von Rosen, Chief Visibility Officer with Vengresso. We help B2B sales leaders create more qualified and quality conversations, right? So 10 seconds, I got my name in there. So now people, there's no excuse. Now people know how to pronounce my name. We got my company name in there, same thing. Everyone always mispronounces it. And I've got my who we help, how we help them all within 10 seconds. And then what's brand new, Patty, if you look on your profile or if you on your mobile device or on your desktop and you see a little orange plus sign. So I don't know if you have it yet, but look for a little orange plus sign on your picture. If you have that, we have what I call the Harry Potter effect. You can shoot a 20 second video, again, introducing yourself, who you help and how you help them. So you've got a 20 second video. And what happens is if someone else has that feature, they go to your profile, they see your picture, But then all of a sudden, and here's the Harry Potter effect, all of a sudden they see this little video, they see you talking, and then they can click on the orange ring, which will pull up that 20 second video introduction. So I love both the audio, the audio voice uh, name pronunciation tool, which is only found on your mobile device, although you can listen to it on desktop and the new uh, video cover stories, because let's face it. We're not doing as many conferences right now. We're not doing the trade shows. A lot of our networking is LinkedIn, which is relatively static. Like hopefully you've got a nice background image and a good picture of yourself, but it's relatively static. People, unless you're uploading video, don't really get a good taste of who you are. So now above the fold, right there in that intro section, they can see you, they can hear you, and they can see a video of you. So the other thing is make sure that the photo looks like you. Because if you go from like glamour shot of 1980 to like, you know, <laughs> me with the COVID-20 and, and shorter hair or longer hair or glasses or whatever, there's going to be like a huge disconnect there. So you want to make sure that the picture of you actually looks like you. So you're in brand again. So this all talks You're in about brand, exactly. Brand so that's really important. Yes. Now that it seems like we're just going straight down what it, your LinkedIn profile, One of the other things that I really love is the ability to customize websites and not just have one. Yes, exactly. That's I love the strategy of that. So let's talk about that. Yeah, 100%. So in the contact, uh, contact me and contact us section, first of all, most people like don't even pay attention to it. But in that contact info section, if I go in there, it's one of the few places on LinkedIn that you actually have a hyperlink. Like back Way, 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 way back in the day, the banner image would actually take you to a page. But now there's only a couple places where you can do that hyperlink. So first of all, you can do up to three websites or a website and two landing pages, or you can do your website, you can do your YouTube channel, you can do a direct link. Maybe you're a speaker, you've got your sizzle reel, so you can take them right to your sizzle reel. And not only that, you can, as you said, you can customize or describe it. Now, I don't know why LinkedIn did this. Before, when you customize the hyperlink, the name, like Patty Farmer, would actually be hyperlinked. And that was just so much cleaner. Now it says pattyfarmer.com in quotation marks, it says Patty Farmer, which, you know, hello. But for some people who have a company name that's made up, like ours, Vangresso, you know, you don't know what a Vengresso is. So I, in quotation marks, by customizing it, it says, you know, social selling strategies or something like that. 
same thing. I've got this big, long link. And that reminds me, I have to put my new book in there, this big, long link to my old book. And then in it, it's like 101 ways to rock LinkedIn or LinkedIn, 101 ways to rock. Now it's 101 ways to rock LinkedIn. Ooh, big change, you know, and then our YouTube channel, et cetera. So you can actually describe what those links are. But like I said, they're hyperlinked. And so the strategy before was you could actually put a UTM on there that you could trace. You can still do that, but it's just an ugly link. So I would go with the cleanest link possible, but then choose the other option. Literally, there's a drop down company, personal, blog, but there's the final option says other. Choose that. It's going to open up a new field where you can now describe your website. And that should drive more traffic too, which is awesome. And we know that there's nobody, not even your own website that has SEO as good as LinkedIn. So, no, no, it's true. I always love to show people because I always don't believe it. And I always love to say, yeah. oh, good. Go to Google and type in your name and believe yeah. me, your LinkedIn is going to come up before your website's going to. So Yes. And what's like for me, it's LinkedIn expert, right? So my there's a couple paid ads and then it's my LinkedIn profile and then Fortunately, I've got a couple other articles and stuff in there and then some of my competitors too. But yeah, that's insane. And think about it. I mean, 75% of buyers are Googling you, right? Before they buy from you, especially bigger ticket options. I'm not going to drop 10,000, 100,000, a million dollars on you if I don't know who you are. And so they Google you on LinkedIn. And to your point, Patty, your LinkedIn profile shows up. If it is non-existent, or if it's just a resume, or if it looks like crap, it can actually cost you business. And one of the things that we do with our clients is we, you know, when we're trying to land them, so I guess our, our prospects, we'll do an audit, not only of their company, but of their sellers. And nine times out of 10, we'll have companies, I'm not going to mention the names of, but we've got one of the biggest social media platform, not platforms, but social media tools out there as a client. And they were like, oh, we know. I mean, our business is social selling. We are a social selling tool. Our business is social selling. We got it nailed. And so we did our little audit and, you know, the not first so 10 people who showed up, it was awful. And they're like, okay, let's hire you. So it's, there you go. <laughs> right. And I would recommend that, not that you hire me, you should just buy my book and do the work, but you know, Audit your company right now. Audit your company. Search for it on link on Google and see what shows up, what LinkedIn links show up and go through and look at them. And then go on LinkedIn and audit your company on LinkedIn and look at your employees if you have any. And how are they representing your brand? Because it's not just about the personal brand. It's about the company brand and all the employees all mixed in together. That is so important. So how much should we pay attention to our LinkedIn SSI score guide? Yeah, you know. All, tell us what other people out there what it is who don't know what it is. And let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your SSI is your social selling index. And you can get it if you go to www.yourssiscore.com. It'll point you to where you can get your SSI score. So www.yourssiscore.com. It'll just take you to uh, LinkedIn. And it will show you where you're strong and where you're lacking. And so things like your brand, great. Do you have a two or a 25? If you've got a two, you know you've, there's some work that you need to do on your brand. Things like insights, uh, connecting, your network. And so 
all of those things come together. Now, is it a perfect indicator of how awesome or how bad you are on LinkedIn? No, uh, but it will let you know where you're maybe a little bit weak. Maybe you need to be sharing more content. Maybe you need to be connecting with more people. Maybe you need to be engaging on other people's content rather than just sharing your own. You know, so it's going to give you all four of those sections. It's going to give you a slider scale on how you're doing. So it's, I mean, mine jumps between 77 and 87, just depending on if I have, you know, if I've used Sales Navigator that week. Most people are in the 40s to 50s range. Most active salespeople are in the, you know, 60s, 70s, some even hit 80s. And most, you know, awesome social sellers are 80 and above. I've never seen, I think I got to 91 like once in my entire life. So it's, it's worth looking at and you can go, okay, clearly I'm not connecting with enough people. Okay. Clearly I'm not engaging with enough people. Okay. Clearly I'm not, you know, sending enough messages. It gives whatever. you a little bit of insights of where maybe yeah. you're doing some work. Yeah. So what about the featured section? Feature. I love this section so I much as somebody it. who has a magazine and a podcast and yes, and I, I love this one and I think it is. It is really good. It's one of my faves. Yeah. Yeah. So the featured section used just to be the media that you had in your about section, but then LinkedIn's like, okay, let's make this stand out. So they, they separated it. So whatever you had in there is now in the featured section. So you want to go take a look and see, and then maybe you've never put anything in there before to add content to your featured section. Just go to your profile. And then uh, go to, I think it's add now, now I got to remember from the top of my head, but you can add things like video links, blog links, podcast links, add section. That's it. Go to add section and then go to where there's a drop down that says featured. So like I said, you can add links, you can add media, very, very, very short videos, but certainly PDFs, PowerPoint around and the importance of how you want people to see them, which I love that. Exactly. If you wrote a post or an article that you want more visibility on, you can promote it or feature it. And yes, to your point, Patty, it used to be, you know, you had to put it in kind of reverse order. The thing you wanted to people to see the most, you put in last. But yes, now you can go in there. Two pieces of media show up really well. Well, one or two pieces take up the whole, you know, the whole featured section. Once you add three, it turns into a carousel. You can carousel, I believe, through five pieces of media, but you can add as much as you want because there's a see more. So to those of you who've got a podcast, put every episode up there. And, you know, if you've got a new article, put it up there. If you've got your sizzle reel, put it up there and you can move things around however you want, but it's not one and done. And I think that's a mistake that people make because it was kind of one and done when you were putting content in your media section on your summary or about, but now it's right up there, right? So you want to keep it up and you want to keep it engaged. Here's a little ninja trick. If you add a GIF as your image, so you'd want to add the GIF as the image first, and then whatever link podcast, etc. it'll if you go to my profile, you can see this, you'll see the GIF moving. And so that's awesome because it grabs the attention of the eye. Video, it won't work for. I mean, you can add a video, but it's not going to like play the video, but a GIF, it's actually going to play, which is really, really cool. 
Another little ninja trick here, and not everybody has this yet, but if you go to your dashboard, see if you can get creator mode. Creator mode, what that does is it allows you to choose five hashtags that you want to be found under. And when you add those hashtags to your content, it will promote it a little bit more to your audience. So that's number one. Number two, creator mode also pulls up your featured section. So it's right underneath your intro section. So it pulls it up higher on your profile, which is also cool. And then what's really neat is if you've got LinkedIn live and you have to apply for it and that's a whole other conversation, but if you've got LinkedIn live while you are live, it will play where your banner image is. So there's a picture of your head and then there's your live playing for people to see right on the top of your profile. So All of those things are really cool. So look for that creator mode or just Google LinkedIn creator mode. It'll take you to the article where you can maybe force it into application. (laughs) That is fabulous because I know that LinkedIn Live is really, everybody's talking about LinkedIn Live right now, right? You know, yes, you have to apply in. At first, it didn't seem like it, it seemed like it took forever. Now it seems like they're a little bit faster. Yeah. Keep applying. If you've applied for it and you didn't get it, it's not one and done. My friend Kate finally got it. She applied like 12 times. <laughs> and Do you know finally what they the... look at? Can you give us some little tips on what yes. are they looking at when they're deciding? Yeah. If you want to get live, first of all, don't tell them you're going to talk about LinkedIn. They don't want you to be that meta. They want to know that you're going to be talking about your area of expertise, but don't say it's LinkedIn because I think that's what kept us from getting it for the longest time. Let them know you're already conversant with lives if you are. So if you've got a Facebook live, if you're using Periscope, if you use Instagram, you know, live, whatever lives that you're currently doing, share the links to those so they can see you in action. Let them know that you know you're going to have to use a third-party tool like StreamYard or Restream or Restream, yeah. Yeah, or Zoom or whatever. You do have to use a third-party tool. You can't just go Like on all the other socials, you could just go live by clicking a button, but on LinkedIn, you actually have to use a third-party tool. So they want to know that you can do that. Let them know that you're going to, you know, have a regular presence. So for us, it's every other Friday, I do our Vangresso live show. So let them know you're going to have a weekly or a bi-weekly show, what it's going to be about, how long it's going to be, what's, you know, are you going to have guests? Are you going to have other thought leaders? Are you going to do interviews? Are you going to do book reports? Like, what are you going to do in your live? They want to make sure that A, you understand how live works, B, that you have the ability to pay for and utilize the technology to do the live, C, that you're going to be consistent in it. So you're not going to get a big following. And then people are like, man, no, you know, and also that you uh, do have a topic that you do have an area of expertise, but it doesn't matter if you're in marketing, if you're in sales, if you're a speaker, if you're an entrepreneur, I mean, they're, you know, one of the most famous lives out there, he's a plumber, like, and he's just killing it. So it doesn't matter if you're cute, if you're not cute, like it's just LinkedIn wants to know that you're going to take this seriously and be professional. And then, like I said, apply, 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 apply. It is easier to get a live for an individual profile than it is for a company page. Well, that's good to know. Is there a sweet spot, so to speak, for how long a LinkedIn live should be? Mine's half hour. You know, it's interesting, the clubhouse phenomenon where most clubhouses are like three hours long. I think you tend to lose people after about a half hour. 
the longer ones, you know, people can drop in, drop out. So that's kind of good too. But one, my friend Mateus does 10 minute lives, but he does them every day. So it's just setting up that expectation. We've been happy with a half hour, you know, that way there's always more to say. There's like, oh, we'll have you back. Whereas an hour, sometimes you get a dud for a guest and it's just like, oh my God, I'm looking at the time going, please, can we end this early? This is painful. Right. But- right. <laughs> I, and I think when you have a, when you have a pre set up time too, that's when yes. that really happens. When I did my radio show live, yeah, oh, that was painful sometimes. That's what oh I love about actually having a podcast. Cause yeah. when people say, well, how long is it? I'm like, well, it's going to be this long, but it could be this long. It all depends yeah. upon how it goes. So when it's time to wrap, you just know it's time to wrap, right? So exactly, exactly. So that that actually works. So when you're positioning yourself as a thought leader, so thinking about that, what are some of the, I want to say, secret recipe, right, to being successful on LinkedIn? You know, because everybody's like, well, how long should I, how often should I post? Should I post every day? Should I post in the morning? Should I post at night? You know, it's like, Every person who says this, somebody else says that. Right, right. right? You know, and so really, honestly, if you want to position yourself as a thought leader, what are some of the things? Because I got to tell you, in your thing, I was reading some of this stuff about how you could make your background image about this and how you could, you know, who are you helping and pain points, all these things that we all know. Yeah. How can we really use LinkedIn to really position ourselves as a thought leader? Yeah. First of all, you want to kind of deep dive into the different types of content you can share on LinkedIn. So, you know, we talked about LinkedIn Live. Like I said, you have to apply for it. It is a lot of work. Thank goodness I have Andre. She is my, you know, she is my manager. She is my producer. She does, you know, she coordinates with our marketing department to get everything ready. And we still only do it twice a month and it's still a whole lot of work. So, It's great and know you're going to be doing some time investment. Similarly with stories, LinkedIn has stories now. I started in the story field and I realized I wasn't creating quality enough stories and I kind of dropped the ball. Plus it's, to me, it's more of a YouTube and or an Instagram thing. But that being said, I love video cover stories, which is essentially just a story too. So there, you know, we've got stories, we've got updates, but updates themselves, you can upload native video. You can share links. Uh, You can, of course, share links to podcasts, blogs, et cetera. You can upload images. You can upload documents. When you upload a PDF or a PowerPoint presentation, it turns into a carousel. And because LinkedIn's algorithm is focused on dwell time, it likes carousels right now. So if you have a PowerPoint or a PDF you want to upload, do that because you'll get a lot of uh, LinkedIn juice on that, algorithm juice on that. Polls. LinkedIn is loving polls right now. So when you click into updates, you'll see you have other options at the bottom. You can give people kudos. I mean, there's just so many different ways to share content. A lot of people, us included, we use employee advocacy tool called Everyone's Social, but there's Agora Pulse, Gagalamp. I mean, there's just a ton of great social sharing tools out there right now. You're going to get less visibility on things that you schedule out. So the more native you can be in your posting, the better results you're going to get. But to answer your actual question, oh, and then there's articles and now there's something called subscriptions and subscriptions are amazing because they turn your article into a newsletter, which LinkedIn will then email to your followers, email to your follower. Yes. So 
if you haven't been in articles for a long time, because they were getting crap, uh, crap results as far as, you know, views, et cetera, jump in again. So when you go to the, to the posting section, they'll see article. You'll see there if you have the opportunity to do a newsletter. If you do strongly consider it, like I said, you, it's a time consumer, but if you're already creating a beautiful newsletter that you're sending out every week, you can replicate that, that work very easily. And like I said, LinkedIn will send that out. So I only, I know I follow two or three people, Andy Crustadino and Stan, Stan, I'm sorry, Stan, I'm totally spacing Stan's last name, but I, and their newsletters come to me on LinkedIn and it is so impressive. And they're saying they're getting crazy visibility from it. So what a way to position yourself as a thought leader, especially if you're already creating a weekly newsletter or blog. Like absolutely. It makes sense. I remember right? when the big thing was to just do slide share. Remember when it was like, yeah, that was like yeah, the big exactly. thing, just do slide share. And LinkedIn bought a portion of slide share. And now LinkedIn's like, yeah, don't use slide share. And then I think they sold it to somebody else. So you want to up, you don't want to use slide share. You want to natively upload your slides or your PDFs. And then the other thing I would encourage you to do is really utilize that description section. So you've got 1300 characters and we call it the anatomy of a post. You want to identify your audience, like, Hey, sales leaders, you want to identify their point of pain. Like, are you having a trouble leading your team, you know, while we're all working from home and it's really a hybrid work situation. So if that's their point of pain, they're going to be like, yes, yes. And yes. And, you know, read this article below in it, we cover blah, blah, blah. So you want to let them know what they're going to see. There's it's way off, but LinkedIn actually looks at articles and lets you know approximately how long it'll be to read. They really under deliver on that. It's like one minute article. It's like, no, it's a 10 minute article, but anyway, let people, you know, know their time investment in reading the article, watching the video, listening to the podcast, et cetera. And then the final thing that you want, or another thing you want to do is add your hashtags. This is where you do want to add your hashtags. You want micro hashtags and mega hashtags. So your mega hashtags are ones like social selling, right? Speaking, you know, cybersecurity. Those are going to have millions of followers. But then you want your mini hashtags or your micro hashtags that might be 100% unique to you, like when we use this Vangresso vids. So any video that we share, anyone in our team, we use hashtag Vangresso vids, or it might be something, you know, more focused to you. So like, you know, power patty, right? So that would like be- Like my M3 magazine. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And that way you can- find that content. Other people can gather around that content like a campfire, but it's not massive. And as I mentioned before, with the creator profiles, you want to make sure that you're using, you know, two, three, four, five of those hashtags. And speaking of the number of hashtags, you want to use at least three because yeah, LinkedIn's SEO is going to pick up the first three and actually put it in your URL. So I don't know if you ever noticed that before, but if you look at your URL, when you create a post, the first three hashtags will actually show up in the name. So that's great for Google. So you want to use at least three hashtags. Make sure those three hashtags are aligned with your... The ones you want to show up in Google. Exactly. This is not the time to be a lady boss and et cetera. Exactly. You can lady boss later, right? right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You can lady boss totally. later. Totally. Like, I think that makes a lot of sense. And then yeah. like, really, you can put video or a PDF or even an infographic and all that stuff. I yeah. mean, like... 
That is powerful. Yeah. And once a day, I mean, it takes some time, but if you can, (laughs) don't look at my posts because I do that once a week, but I have a whole marketing team and a whole company and they all share prolifically. But yeah, if you can do once a day and you don't have to create your own content all the time, right? You can curate other people's content. In fact, we call the 411 rule, four pieces of thought leadership, third party thought leadership, other people's stuff, right? One piece of personal uh, content, maybe you're doing a interview or a book report or, you know, something personal to you. And then one more business focus, like you're sharing your blog. So if you do the 411, you know, over a period of five days, only one of those things is going to be like salesy. Everything else needs to be more positioning you as a thought leader. But even when you're sharing other people's stuff, use that 1300 characters to build the expectation around the post. Plus it will align you with that person, right? So if you ever wanted to be aligned with another thought leader, share their book, share their articles, share their, you know, share their webinar, but spend 1300 characters letting your audience know why they should pay attention to it. Because now you're aligning yourself with their expertise and you're positioning yourself as someone they want to know, you know, know that they're going to want to know that they hopefully will like and trust the KLT factor. All things being equal. A person I share and align myself is my friend, Bob Berg, right? All things being equal, people do business, people and refer the people they know, like, and trust. It's not rocket science, but it does take a little bit of work. I will say, though, that LinkedIn, man, they've just really come far, right? You know, I mean, there's a reason why their SEO is so good, but I mean, all these different things, it's like they're seeing, it's almost like, and maybe they are, (laughs) right? Yeah. Like they're saying, wait a second, we don't want people to go other places. So all these things that everybody's doing everywhere else. Yeah. I think the one thing that I really love about LinkedIn, well, there's many, but this one thing is for the people who are going to say, you know, in my case, when they do say this, like, this is when you should hire somebody. But with that being said, if you're only going to do one. Yeah. And you're going to get the most bang for your buck if you can only do one, if that one is LinkedIn for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the LinkedIn their timeline is still honest. Like they do have an algorithm and it is based on dwell time. So the more quality content that you can share that people will actually read, stick to, respond to, comment on, the more likely it is going to be to be spread out. But it's not pay to play like it is on all the other socials. Like you really can get thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of views on an article without paying LinkedIn in order to do it. That's fabulous. Yeah. So I'm going to ask one more question. I mean, yes. you you have really, thank you so much. When I asked you to come and just kind of share, you were <laughs> so generous with your brilliance and I appreciate you so much. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. So last question is, do we, or at what point do yes. you need to have the paid LinkedIn versus the free LinkedIn? And all those great things you were saying, are those yeah. only in the paid version or are those? No, in the that's free all free. Version? Yeah, yeah. Good question. Thank you. Now, everything I have shared up until this point is all available on free. Now, we love Sales Navigator because we're a sales training company and all of of our people, right? So, duh. Uh, Marketers love Sales Nav. Sellers love Sales Nav. But do you need a premium account? No. What I tell our folks is when you get stuck on LinkedIn, right? If you're actively using LinkedIn a lot, doing searches on LinkedIn, 
LinkedIn's going to go, oh, it looks like you're using this for business. Well, no, duh. I mean, of course we're using it for business, but LinkedIn will go, oh, I see you're using this for business. You know, if you want to do more searches, you're going to have to get a premium account or LinkedIn learning is phenomenal. I mean, they have so it's really because I'm a LinkedIn learning author. I've got a couple of things on it, but you know, if you want to train your team, then LinkedIn learning is great. You need a premium account for that. If you want to save your prospects and keep an eye on them and their activity so that you can socially surround and engage with them and build that top of mind awareness again before inviting them to connect. Great. Use SalesNap. But for people who are, you know, just not using LinkedIn exclusively, let's say for networking or business building, they're just dipping in once a week or so. Eh, you don't need a premium account. You'll know when you need it because you just won't be able to get any further. But don't invest and don't even try the free trial of Sales Navigator. And I recommend Sales Navigator over their regular premium account because it's only $20 more and you get like 10x the features. But don't even do the free trial until you've hit that limit, until you can't do something on LinkedIn. But what I love about LinkedIn is they don't, they don't charge for features. Like they don't charge for profile features. They don't charge for background images. They don't charge for video cover stories. They don't charge for name pronunciation. They don't charge for the ability to do LinkedIn Live. They don't charge you to upload your PDFs, right? Everything we've covered today is free. So yeah, don't even invest in LinkedIn until you need to. That makes a lot of sense. So Vivica, how can people connect with you? I know they're going to want to, as if this <laughs> wasn't up so generous. I appreciate you so much, but how can they connect with you? Yeah. So first of all, if you Google LinkedIn expert, my LinkedIn profile is usually second or third or first under the page. So please feel free to invite me to connect. I am at my limit. So just let me know that you were on Patty's show. Like you heard me on Patty's show. That's all I need. I will kick someone else and invite you in. But also if you want to follow us on Vengresso, it's one S V E N G R E S O dot com. We'll have the link in the show notes. We have a phenomenal resources section. So if you go to vengresso.com forward slash resources, oh my gosh, like we have so much great content there that's free. You're going to pay with your name and your email address, but it's totally worth it. And then if you want to start getting your team up to snuff, go to our YouTube channel. We give away so many great videos, strategies, trainings, testimonials. It's youtube.com forward slash Vengresso. And then of course, if you want to pay us, we're happy to take your money and we can work with you on your profiles for much less than several thousand dollars, Patty, I might add. I it's love under that. A thousand. And, <laughs> and as if that wasn't enough, would you believe? I mean, I was in her resources this morning. So yeah. amazing. As if that was enough, she actually came bringing a gift. So I love it. And I love this gift. And I already have been in there too. So why don't you tell them a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, so we have a copy of our book. Was that the gift I said I was getting? Yes, get? that was the yes, gift. I okay. mean, come on. Yes. All right. So you can get the virtual PDF of my brand new book for absolutely for free. We'll put the link to that in um, chat or in the, not chat. Show notes. In, It'll in be the in the show, show notes. notes exactly. Look below. Mm-hmm. And if you want a physical, uh, physical, like if you like to, you know, mark it up and make notes and stuff, um, it's only like 10 bucks. So we'll give you the Amazon link for that too. But if you just want the virtual copy to read and share amongst your team, uh, yeah, you can get it absolutely for free. We'll share the link with you in the show notes. 
I love that. Thank you so much. So as you know, this is the point of the show where we do hashtag open mic, where I hand the mic over to our guests and let them share with you their number one marketing media and money strategy. Because, you know, after all, this is the marketing media money show, right? And would you believe she didn't even tell us everything. She still has so much I could have her back again and probably will. But will you tell them what is your number one marketing media money strategy? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've all seen all the spam on LinkedIn. That's a reason a lot of us don't like LinkedIn is like, it's so spammy because for whatever reason, people feel like it's okay to invite you to connect and then just slam a newsletter on you or like try and sell the stuff. So to really utilize LinkedIn or use LinkedIn effectively, there's a really cool feature. It's easiest on your mobile device where you can send a video message privately to your connections on LinkedIn. So first of all, you still don't want to use video to sell yourself. You've got to earn that right. You've got to build that KLT, that no like, and trust. But you do want to use video because like I said earlier, you know, everything's so static right now. Yes, we have Zoom meetings, but the LinkedIn profile is generally static. People don't get a great sense of who you are unless they deep dive into your content, which they may or may not do. But through messaging, you can give them an awesome sense of who you are by shooting a video on your phone. Um, Do it horizontally. Uh, Shooting a video on your phone and then uploading it as a private message. And you want to cover what we call our PVC methodology. Always personalize it. Hey, Patty, great talking to you today. Or Hey, Patty, I saw you on a webinar today. Or, hey, Patty, I saw you on a podcast today. You talked about blah, 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 you know, whatever it was, money, (laughs) power, you know, and I wanted, and marketing. And I thought that this article would be really useful to you because it pulls all of that together as it applies to LinkedIn. I'm going to add the link below. And let me know what you think about it. So I'm going to personalize it. I'm going to add value. And then I'm going to put that call to action. Now, after doing this a time or two, and you can do text and you can do voicemail too, by the way, but after doing this a time or two, then I've earned the right to say, hey, Patty, you know, I've sent you a couple articles. Um, You responded to the other one. Thanks so much. Isn't it time we got on a call? And the other cool thing about LinkedIn is you can launch Zoom meetings, uh, Blue Jeans meetings, which is the Zoom that they use. So you can or Teams, Microsoft Teams meetings, right from messaging. So send a video of yourself using that PVC, personalize, add value, and a call to action, but don't sales pitch yet. After doing it a time or two, also through text, also through a voicemail, then send another video message and ask for the meeting. Hopefully you've got like a Calendly link or a HubSpot link or some kind of scheduling tool. Appointly is another good one. So share the link. Any resources, any assets, just pop them in after you send the video. You just pop the links right in there. And it is a great way to start the conversation because people get a really good sense of who you are. You can shoot 20 videos until you get one that you like. And if you are shooting a video that's more for a buyer persona, so maybe I've got one like as a speaker, you know, I've noticed that blah, blah, blah. And then you can always customize like, hey, Patty, I created this video for you. I just share the video that it's a towards a buyer persona. So it's more generic. 
And then again, I add my customized, personalized links below. So that is really going to differentiate you from everybody else out there. That is a good number one marketing media money strategy. So thank you so much. Luca, thank you so much for being here, for being so generous with your brilliance and your zone of genius. I mean, you really, really did, you know, walk the walk, right? And (laughs) shared so much. I can't wait to like listen to this myself over and over again. (laughs) So I know my audience will too. So thank you for so much for being here with me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, we'll do it again. Awesome. I love that. That would be another way that we would be able to say Vivica 2.0. No, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. We love that, right? And to the audience out there, thank you so much. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, the Exacta Corporation, developer of the Family Organizer Plus platform. And for more information about them, check them out at exactacorp.com. So thank you for joining us on the Marketing Media Money Podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, and I'm sure you did, please subscribe and review the podcast on your favorite listening platform. So until the next time, thank you so much. Have a phenomenal week and we will talk again soon. Thank you for joining us today on the Marketing, Media, and Money podcast. To shorten your learning curve even more, make sure to grab your free copy of the Marketing, Media, and Money magazine at www.marketingmediamoney.com. I promise your business will thank you.